0: Welcome back to Politics and Pints. As always, I'm your host Justine Hughes and I'm here to have a conversation with an interesting guest about politics over a pint. I've been so excited about the guest for this episode. I'm so passionate about making politics accessible and understandable to everyone and I think today's guest is the absolute best in the game at doing just that. My guest today is Tatton Spiller from Simple Politics I've followed Simple Politics for a long, long time and quite often their Instagram page is the first place I look for a really easy rundown on what's going on in politics on any given day. They were particularly amazing at keeping us all in the loop on the daily coronavirus statistics and press conferences throughout lockdown and helping to make sense of what was often a really unclear situation. I always think I know what I'm talking about when it comes to politics until I talk to someone like Tatten, who actually knows what they're talking about and in so many detail. I really enjoyed this chat and I hope you do too. The sound quality for this episode may sound a little bit different to the last one as we recorded this conversation over Zoom. Hi Tatum, welcome to Politics and Pine. Hello, thank you for having me. No, thank you so much for coming. Um, so to start off with the basic stuff, um, so for people who don't know who you are, do you want to tell us a bit about sort of who you are and what you do?
1: So my name is Tatum and I uh, run an organisation called Simple Politics. If you've seen us, you'd have seen us on Instagram, where we bring um, politics to people rather than people having to go to politics uh, and do so in a way that I hope is um, clear and interesting and engaging.
0: Amazing, yeah. So I came across you right from the start of Simple Politics. I have followed it right from Right from the inception, I think I remember the sort of announcement of who you are and what Simple Politics is. So I'm, I'm so pleased to be talking to you today. But most importantly, this is Politics and Pint. Do you have a pint in hand?
1: I have a can of Flock's Whisper. Flock uh, are an unbelievably good brewery. I just I, I like the availability of incredibly good beer now is uh, is is wonderful. Um, lots of shops sell good, good beer, and Flock F L O C is a brewery you should look out for. What are you drinking?
0: Amazing! It's not one I've heard of, so um, I have absolutely let the side down today. I'm normally big craft beer advocate, but I've got like the Aldi dupe version of a Corona today. I've gone very, very budget with my choice. Um, is that not real Corona? cold. No, it's a fake Corona. They're so they're so right good at copying. I know, right? But um, yeah, I'm kind of on a bit of a hype this year of anything that says imported premium lager. I'm probably going to enjoy it. It's just cold and refreshing, and very enjoyable.
1: In the summer months, if you're in the sun with a friend, then it does. If it's cold and it's beery, then it's probably going to be all right. <laughs>
0: Hundred percent and it's been a very long day, so it's nice to crack one open at the end of the day. Um, Brill. So um on to the politics then from the pipe. So tell me your relationship with politics. Do you consider yourself to be a political person?
1: Well, for me it's all about like to get technical straight away politics with a capital P and a little P um i i love politics like my, my life is my entire life is spent in and around politics following politics talking about politics and because because i, I run a, a politics organisation when i meet people socially all they want to talk about is politics and mm. so yeah i mean i like i'm a political person um, I'm a polit- i am am more of a political nerd than a political person because
0: mm-hmm.
1: I, I I I loved the whole thing. I don't... As a teenager, in the 90s, I was um, an angry young man. I think we might get on to uh, mental health later. Um, but I was undiagnosed bipolar and uh, struggling with things and just had a lot of anger going on. And uh, I think I first got into politics through animal rights um, in the 90s. And... I mean, animal rights in the 90s, it wasn't, it wasn't a pleasant... There were lots of things going on with animals that I think most people today would mm. say, ooh, I'm not sure I like that very much.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah.
1: But, and... Uh, I mean, it's changed. It has changed a lot because... I remember I used to go to 1997, maybe, 1998 we used to go and campaign outside uh, a cat farm, Hillgrove cat farm, where there were breeding cats for testing, um, for animal testing. And, um, and it got closed down. And I was clearly delighted because I was out there protesting against it. Um, but the reason it got closed down is because the local Oxfordshire police couldn't afford to, to police the protest. There were so many people coming to the protests they gave the cat farm a bill for the policing. And 42-year-old me goes, is that okay? If you're not breaking the law, should you have to pay for your own policing? Oh, mm. I, I mean, you you do have... Some people pay for private security, don't they? You can't expect the police to... I mean, there's a mm. whole row with... Um, Prince Harry wasn't there. I can't. I'm. I i can not remember exactly yeah. how it, how it worked, but he had private security, and there was a, a like question about paying for the police presence and that because he's not, he's not legit royal anymore or something. I, I shouldn't have brought up the monarchy because I don't really know what I'm talking about. Policing your own safety doesn't feel like a the right thing to me, mm. unless you know, you're a drug dealer, in which case, sure, pay for your people. I mean, A, don't do dealing drugs. But B, maybe if you're breaking <laughs> the law, you should have to pay for your own protection. But if you're not breaking mm. the law, is that okay? And, and I, I mean, that's, that's a really clear example of how my politics have changed. Because at that point, in 97, anyway, anyway, to get these people to stop what they're doing, because I disagreed with what they were doing was okay
0: mm.
1: whereas now it just that 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 bothers me a little bit you can't it's a business like you maybe breeding cats to be tested on isn't a great business anyway mm. but you know there we go it's an interesting <laughs> question
0: yeah and that kind of what you've just said there leads me on really nicely to the next question. Why is, there, is there any? You said that's one of the ways in which your politics has changed. How has your relationship with politics changed over the years? It, has it changed in any other ways than that?
1: I think I want... I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know my relationship with politics is. My relationship with politics is so nerdy these days. I love, I love getting into an argument and thinking it through and getting down to mm. what's really going on here. So I, I, I suppose I am now more interested than engaged. I want to hear what people have got to say rather than wanting them to shut up if I don't agree with them. Because let's win this argument. If we if I believe in something, I want to. I'm not always and, and so I will say things on here with you. Over these beers this evening, um, that, that will slight, may, might slightly reflect political a, a political statement. SP is a is an is, a, is an impartial platform, and we do our best to leave these things at the door. But I can't have a conversation with you about politics without, in some way, suggesting how I might feel. Um, I would mm-hmm. hasten to add that my teenage politics are not my politics now, but. I don't like no platforming because I think it's important. And SP is a platform, right? I think it's important to win the argument. I think it's important to allow people to say what they've got to say and then have the opportunity to say, but that's not right, and talk it through and shine the light on it and and then and if that's your perspective, if that's where you come from, if you're going to no-platform people, and I totally get it, but I, t- I totally get the argument that allowing someone space to make an argument that is racist, that is reductive, that is negative, and by saying those words you may in some way poison minds, I get that argument. But the scale there is really hard. Who is so out of order with what they're saying that nobody can be allowed to hear it? And who do you just disagree with strongly? I think that's such a difficult question to answer. I would get rid of that question by allowing anyone a platform and just talking through the argument. You will win. People spouting hate all their nonsense can be knocked down, right? Back yourself, back your arguments, back your ability to persuade people.
0: Mm, that's really interesting. I mean, like no platforming as a term itself isn't even something I'd heard probably until the last maybe even just the last five years or so. And I I wonder if things like social media have kind of increased that in the space a little bit but um yeah every guest I get on this podcast we talk about either sort of a specialist subject or something they're particularly interested in and sometimes it's quite niche sometimes it's quite broad and and today I'm going to talk to you about mental health well we're going to talk about mental health Um, and the first question is why that topic so say I asked you what you wanted to talk about obviously I'm sort of aware of your work and the kind of things you talk about online and Mental health is something you're very open, very talk about quite often. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about about mental health and what your relationship with it is, and why it's so important to you?
1: Well, I'm totally mental, so it kind of makes sense to talk about it. <laughs> um, mental health. I mean, today we're recording this on World Mental Health Day, mm. and it's it's such a tricky thing because I I have. Serious, serious mental health difficulties. Um, I've got diagnoses of bipolar disorder and borderline personality disorder. I take uh, 12 different pills a day um, just to try and keep me on straight and narrow. I, um, you know, like it's, it's, it's a real thing. And I have time when I can't do any work, and I have long periods when I can't maintain any form of relationship. And it's—I it, mean, it's—it's—it's a—it's a big thing. But for most people, when we talk about mental health, it's about dealing with emotions and your daily, your daily health. And I think that it's—it's—it's hard, it's, it's hard to know what good mental health looks like. Maybe it's being able to deal with good mental health doesn't mean. You're never sad. If you're about physical health, and I, I don't like comparisons between physical and mental health because they're so different, but I'm going to do it anyway. I think if you look at professional athletes who are, have, I think we can all agree, the best physical health, right? They get injured all the time. All the time they get injured. And that doesn't mean they're not at their peak physical health. Just like people who are, have it together and... Their mental health is really, really quite good. They can be sad. We all get sad. Um, we all, you know, we all, we we we, we all sometimes, eat, you know, they like food. We all sometimes crave things that are bad for us, or don't want to eat, or whatever. That doesn't mean you've got an eating disorder, because that's a really specific thing but there are sliding scales. Um, So I have, I run a very small, uh, my personal page. I write about mental health and I try and talk about my struggles, but putting it in terms that people who don't have specific, diagnoses and you know around with various NHS services people can kind of relate to and it kind of kind of shows them that we do struggle together and, and 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 we walk we walk this path together that's the line I would like to talk about we walk this path together however extreme or not extreme then there's people there's people with way more extreme issues than me um but we all have a commonality because life is hard
0: Mm. I love what you've just said about sort of the comparison with physical health and you know mental wellness you know good mental health isn't it's not sort of stable and plateaued and linear it's you know it is up and down and you know I kind of I had this and you'll see me sort of furiously nodding along I had this very conversation with my own mother and obviously mums are the ones who worry (laughs) all the time and I'm one myself I know what it's like and you know, I was picking up my own prescription for um, antidepressants, and my mum's reaction was kind of, oh, things must be really bad. And you know, my reaction was, no, the the fact that I have this help and have this coping sort of something to help me cope, and that I'm you know in contact with the GP means that it's better than it was, and that it you know I'm I'm well currently because I have these things to help me be well. Um, it's not you know it doesn't mean things are doom and gloom, and yeah, it's it's really nice to hear somebody else sort of say similar thing. But
1: just think how healthy is that to acknowledge there's an issue and go to the doctor about it, right? That's so healthy. Mm. And then get a, mm. a chip for some medicine that you can then take into the shop and they'll give you something to make it better. That's, mm. that's healthy. So maybe, I mean, possibly people who are on antidepressants have a healthier mental state than those who, who, who aren't. I'm not saying everyone should be on antidepressants mm-hmm. by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I mean, I don't know, it's, it's, it's an interesting topic in itself because doctors are very quick to hand out meds. Very, very, very quick. I mean, mm. when I first pitched up, as the doctor, he was like, "Oh, okay, cool. Here's a, here's his prescription," and that was a tough time. I don't know what you found it like. I remember I took my prescription to um an out of town uh like shopping centre because I didn't want to be recognised in my local Boots handing over mm. my prescription. Um, it, I, I felt that shame about it. Um. And that, I mean, yeah, I mean, and then she got, obviously, the, girl, the, 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 the lady serving. She's like, oh, yeah, there you go. It's like, oh, OK, thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, mm. uh, is that OK? Completely unfazed, because everyone's on these things,
0: and they don't care. Mm. There you go. Yeah. Um, but. So what- I had an almost, almost complete opposite reaction it's so funny that you said that because I remember I really really laughed when I went to pick up my first one I was almost similar kind of a little bit nervous thinking oh but I just went to my local pharmacy handed over Mm -hmm. the prescription you know they ask your name and your address to check it all and ask what it is and the pharmacist sort of stopped herself and almost whispered it to me was kind of like no yes it's for sertraline and I'm like Yeah, yeah, that's it. was so strange because I had been like really bigging myself up, being like, that's fine, this is a really good thing. And she like acted as if it was this big (laughs) secret. And I'm like, what on earth? This is so strange. And I was a bit like, bless her. She was obviously just trying to be lovely and trying to, you know, probably assuming that I would be embarrassed. Yeah, it was, but it was really jarring because I so wasn't expecting it. But yeah, it's so funny (laughs) that you have kind of the opposite thing.
1: I think uh, people trying to be nice about these things is there's, uh, it's so often the worst. Just like, yeah, no, it's
0: fine.
1: Right. It's the start it. You know, like, I mean, it's a bit like when you if you've got something on your face in the restaurant, and someone's like, "You've got a bit." You no, know, what? <laughs> you got you got a bit on your face? What? <laughs> like, just don't, let's not be embarrassed. <laughs> hey, Justine, you got something? In your, oh, cool. Thanks, man. Done. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's so funny how people react to these things and how we how we ourselves react to these things. Yeah. When, you know, we profess to be people who are open about these things. And I think we even surprise ourselves sometimes how we how we feel shame or other emotions around these things.
1: It's a journey, isn't it? We're all we're all on this journey.
0: So if, as you men- um, mentioned, it is World Mental Health Day. Obviously, this episode will come out in a couple of weeks, but um, it's World Mental Health Day today um and both being people who are pretty active on social media have probably done a bit of scrolling today seeing what's around and it is everywhere and there's everything from um informative sort of medical posts about world mental health day um, history of world mental health day to really sort of uh colorful pastel colored kind of self-care tips things like that there's a whole range of how people use these days to inform to discuss to Um, share their own experiences. Um, How important do you think days like today are, awareness days, or are they not? Or do you think they're the opposite? Do you think they're almost harmful to kind of the wider message?
1: I think that's a really good question. I got an email. One of the scheduling, Instagram scheduling pieces of software I use sent me two emails in the build-up to today telling me, World Mental Health Day was coming and it's a big thing and I should be mm. posting about it. And that's not great. Mm. Don't tell me to post about mental health if I want to build my social media profile. Mm. Like that's, that's not cool because that's going to encourage people to chat shit. Right. That's going to encourage <laughs> yeah. people to just pipe up and say something, anything. And we need to be careful. I mean, my I post all the time about, about mental health every day. Um, but I don't offer. Top tips. I don't tell people what to do. Mm. I tell people about my experience and how I'm reacting to that and how I should react to that and why am I reacting like this because I don't know other people. And, oh, my goodness, Justine, I'm in no position to give anyone a tip as to how to do anything at all. Um, I, I can probably help someone tie their shoelaces, but I can't tell someone <laughs> how to not feel quite so low on a Sunday. Right. And I've got real lived experience of this stuff. And I've got real lived experience of trying to share things, whether it's politics or mental health, in a, in a way that other people will find useful rather than just being for me. There are people who will receive emails from their software who have neither of those experiences, <laughs> but just want more likes. And so we'll spout the nonce, it's okay to not be okay. I hate that phrase. Of course, it's no one tells people with cancer that it's okay to have cancer. No one. It's okay to not be okay as a slogan suggests that it's not okay to not be okay. Inherent within that phrase is a suggestion that it might not be okay. And that upsets me because, of course, it's okay to not be okay. I mean, I, I know where it's coming from. It's about sharing. It's about talking. It's about... It's about... It's, a, it, it's, it's okay to tell people you're not okay, I suppose, is what it, 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 it means. It's outdated, I think. I think it's part of a previous wave of mental health conversations. Whereas there was once a time when maybe no one ever shared the fact they're okay. And again, we're talking about sharing. We're talking mm. about yeah, uh, yeah. communicating your not being okay. You know? Um, and there are, there are, we get so many messages all the time. That's not okay. That, that, that There's that meme of Ian Beale crying because he's got nothing left because everything's going so badly mm. for him and his fish shop and his life. And it's all going, going to the dogs. and, if you use a meme of someone crying as a bad thing, you can't then go on and say it's okay to not be okay, because you're laughing at men crying. But that's not the kind of logic. Again, Awareness Day, especially World Mental Health Awareness, mental health is such a big talk point at the moment. Awareness days can encourage people to talk about things in a way that's clumsy, in a way that's off-putting, in a way that's te- attention-seeking. I I think it's important to have awareness some awareness days. I mean, I like like you know it's, it's Black History Month, isn't it? Like, how important is that? Mm. Like, it's it's huge. Like, I, like just getting. I never had a single lesson of history in my entire school focused around Black History in 10 years, for however, however long you're, you're, you're in school for. Um, I know more about the Bayer tapestry than I do
0: about <laughs> yeah. history
1: of anyone of colour. Uh, that's important. So you need to get that in there. And World Mental Health Day was set up. It's a WHO day. We have World we have World Mental Health Awareness Week in the spring, I think, which is like a UK thing. And then World Mental Health Day in the autumn. And World Mental Health Day is WHO World Health Organization Day. And we're quite advanced in this country. We've come quite quite a long way on our journey. And they haven't come that far, as far as we have, in some other countries, in lots of other countries. And to have a day where you stand up and talk about it, I think, is really good. I think that anyone trying to win clicks for the sake of winning clicks. I did a careers talk today. Um, I do occasionally get asked to do careers talks. And I go, what? But you know, never say no. It's always it's it's fun to chat. Um, but one of the messages is is to be and the anti anti-Lord Sugar, to be the anti apprentice. Because on the apprentice, they all line up and say how the reason they're in business. And you really want them to say, I'm in business because I really believe in baking stuff and sharing good baking things. And I want everyone to eat this great baking that I do. But they don't. They say, I'm in business because I'm going to be a millionaire by the time I'm 14. And by the time I'm 18, I'm going to be a billionaire. And I'm going to be Richard Branson. I'm going to colonize the moon. And we're going to live there. <laughs> it's like, but that's that's the message young people get. Dragon's Den is slightly more business-focused, but ultimately it's about making money. Where's the money? How are you going to make that million? And that, I think, is damaging for young people's view of what a career should be. We all want to be comfortable. We all want to have enough money to, to do the nice things we want to do. But just kind of focusing on these benchmark numbers, 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 money, 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 money. How many bigger salary have you got? Not how much... Disposable income, it's like how's your lifestyle? Like, it's got to be a six-figure salary, or else you're nothing. You've got to have a million pounds, you've a billion pounds, and it, and I think social media. And I know you spend your life on social as well. It's full of people who are just obsessed with getting to the next benchmark, whether that's five hundred, or a thousand, or a million. Or whatever it is, and they will use these social media calendars that tell them what's coming up. Oh, I'm going to talk about mental health this week. I'm going to talk about national. Do- it's National Dog Week next week. Let's talk about Dachshunds. Like that's the focus. The focus is look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. Not what. What do I want to do? What do I want to talk about? Who do I want to be?
0: Mm and quite quite often with these things as well it can particularly in social media you can be very damned if you do and damned if you don't and i don't know if you get as much shit from people online as i do but um it trust me you know, i do for example you didn't post a, <laughs> yeah if you po- didn't post something about you know world mental health day or what, whatever awareness day it is then you get questioned well why didn't you why didn't you say something about this so sometimes yeah. to kind of back you know circling back to mental health to protect ourselves and not get you know messages from people it's easier just to press that share button on a nice trite infographic saying it's okay not to be okay or what doesn't kill you make you stronger which is the one that i hate but it's um yeah it's sometimes easier just to click share and not think about what it is we're saying and why we're saying it um, And yeah. because yeah because people people do watch and people do comment on it
1: yeah, now people, I mean, I, at SP, we get comments about why haven't you covered this and why haven't you covered that and mm. that kind of thing. You know, we have quite a quite clear strategy. Strategies is a strong word. Uh, we have quite a clear idea of what we cover and what we don't cover. You know, like we, we mm. in, the part, in past years, we've done, we're talking about Black History Month a moment ago. In the past years, we've mm. done some kind of Black History Month stuff, but we're not a history... We're not a history platform, and we quite like to talk about it but but, but it's a bit clumsy because I don't know much about about history at all, any kind of history and like I say mm-hmm. I've never studied i've read I've read some books that could be construed as black history, I guess, but I'm not simple politics is where it's at because of my politics knowledge I'm not going to post on. I'm going to really try it and I apologize for this, but I'm not going to post on makeup tips because yeah. no one wants makeup tips from me because I don't know what I'm talking about. And mm-hmm. if I start to do, I've got a colleague, she's called Charlotte. And she, 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 she does know about like, she, she, she's much more involved in that kind of thing. She's doing a doctorate. Uh, she, like she's really clever and she knows she, she's, that's more her sphere, which is why well, we have done stuff in the past, but it's, it's not particularly helpful. I don't think mm. the causes of Black History Month, of spreading awareness and interest and in engaging people with the history outside of the kings and queens of England or whatever else is taught in history, that's, that's an incredibly important thing to do. I don't think SP can particularly add to that in a useful manner. So, it's probably best I shut up about it and keep doing what I do rather than try because it's something I believe in, try to do that as well. Yeah, the counter argument to that is that it's still not talked about enough. And if I'm in a position to help people understand the importance of black history then. And, you know, we've got a few Instagram followers. People would see it. People might not consider it. Otherwise I should do my Mm -hmm. bit to help that, to help people have an understanding of the world. So I, 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 I know that mine's not the only perspective on that. And it comes up every October and (laughs) maybe next October, I'll have a different answer, but this October mm. I'm sticking to this because this is my current prevailing argument in my head, I guess.
0: So, kind—I of, guess—to kind of bring all this back full circle, then. So, we kind of talked a bit about politics, about, about mental health. Do you think mental health is a political issue, and what sort of? How can we, you know, as people like you say, a bit of a politics nerd, or as somebody like myself who considers themselves to be a bit of an activist, how, is, how can we, as political people, whether that be big, big small people, <laughs> political, um, how can we make a difference to the landscape of mental health?
1: I think the way to get around the platitudes um, and the softly, softly, if it doesn't, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. It's okay to not be okay. Those kinds of things are challenged by people just talking genuinely and honestly. And the more people that do that, show, don't tell. That's always the way to teach things. I was a say, show people something. You don't tell them it's okay to not be okay. You share your experience. Say, so this is what happened to me. You know, I have... I have um, in my in the past, I've attempted to take my own life. You know, that's 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 where I'm coming from, and I can talk about that. I'm not ashamed of it. It makes me sad to talk about it a little bit because it was a very mm. they were very sad times in my life. But I'm not ashamed to tell you that. And by by sharing that, I'm telling you that I think it's okay to not be okay, mm. right? I'm, t- I'm showing you and someone else might then, because there's the point of my page, someone else might see it and go, do you know what? It's okay for me to tell you that. I don't need to keep things bottled up because I'm not, I'm not going to get fired from my job if I share that kind of thing. I'm not going to lose everything I've tried to build up by admitting to Sitting down on a Sunday and having a crow on the sofa—it's okay to do that, mm. and it's okay to tell people that. And sharing and being open and being honest can save can save so much. And I mean, uh, openness and honesty is—it's the answer to a lot. I mean, it, it, it is difficult. It is difficult because I am I am blessed to have managed to find people to surround myself with or people who, who have come to me who I, can, who I can say that to. And there are lots of people who, who are not lucky. And is that a politics issue? No, I don't think it is. There's nothing that Liz Truss can stand up in the House of Commons tomorrow and say that will make it right to share stuff with people mm. about like there's no, there's no, there's, no, there's nothing they can do yes mental health services need a complete rehaul i i spoke to a friend at a party last week who used to be a mental health nurse and he's quit no not nurse, social worker and he's quit because he cared too much and he couldn't provide the services to his clients to his patients that he wants to provide mm because he was spread too thin and it destroyed him and it he his mental health couldn't handle not being the guy he wanted to be not he's sat across from people who are really really struggling and oh my god trust me you've got to be struggling to get seen by these people Mm. and he can't say to them i'm going to be here again tomorrow I've got you. I will be here again tomorrow. Don't worry this is going to happen because you might not be able to be there again tomorrow, and he's no. quit, and he's gone. so yeah, I think I think we need to I think the conversation and a lot of stuff has has changed around mental health, but services haven't been able to keep up, and the mental health services that you and I, Justine, would both like to have will be oh my goodness expensive because it's a bottomless well i don't know i'm not i'm not an activist i don't know how to fund them i don't know how on earth we're going to get 50 billion maybe like roughly half the overall total cost of the moment of the moment of the nhs maybe we maybe with 50 billion a year we could start to build services that would do the job the way that mental health professionals say they would like it to be done. Mm. I mean, that's, that's a lot of money every year. Mm. I don't know. I've got no answers. I, 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 can't, I, can't, I can't talk about that. Mental health services is political, and the point of politics to hammer out the answers to difficult questions. That's, if politics is for anything... It's to say, how are we going to get this done? This needs to be done. What's our priority? This is our priority. How are we going to deliver that? That's not for me to say, and I've got no answers to how to do it anyway. You know, The social aspect of talking and being there, being out there, that's, that's not political. And it's something we can do. I mean, just the people listening to this, it might help. Might not. Doesn't matter, we've done what we can. My page helps some people. People tell me all the time that it helps them. I don't know Mm. how real and long-term that help is, but in the moment that they write to me, they feel like I've helped. So that's cool, so that's Mm. worth doing. People who are stuck feeling like they can't reach out, we have to get through to them. Maybe days like this, help, don't know. I've ranted. (laughs)
0: <laughs> there we look. that's what this podcast is for <laughs> it's <like pull> <laughs> <and rant> on. <laughs> we love around Um, I guess sort of thinking about um kind of a, again bringing it back to sort of you and I personally so something we have in common so outside of the podcast and outside of Instagram and all those things part of what I do professionally is um political communication so I write press releases and um a huge part of my job, and as is yours with SP, is just knowing what is going on at any time. So I'm sure you, like I, have multiple feeds set up to see what's going on and just being abreast of what is going on at any one time. Politics, more than any other area I've ever worked in, it does not stop, it does not sleep. And from, I think, particularly when we think about um the last couple of years and we've had COVID and it was literally daily, hourly updates of what was going on and stats constantly it's really really difficult to for me anyway um, take a break from it and totally detach from it and even if I am on holiday you know I've got BBC News popping up on my phone and you know then a sort of I go home and my mum or my friends they want to talk about what's going on because they know I'm interested but sometimes I just don't want to talk about politics even if it's on a really base level I just I need to switch off from it and because it's on everybody's minds all the time it's for me almost impossible to do so do you find the same or are you good at separating those things for the sake of your own mental
1: health I'm awful (laughs) I'm awful at separating those things Um, but you know my life is very messy um I'm awful at separating everything uh I it's these phones isn't it (laughs) <laughs> like all of the all of the breaking news. And uh, SP when there were quiet days, like we had the Conservative Party Conference last week, and uh it was a really odd few days because the Conservative Party Conference had the speeches in the evening. Well, the late afternoon, four till six was the speeches. And um they had news breaking in the morning because the relevant minister was doing the media rounds that day, that mm-hmm. morning. So we have really busy mornings and really busy late afternoons. And then nothing happened during the day. And there's a, there, you feel like there's a need to post and tell people something. But an SP, were like, no, 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 no. Just re- we have to be relaxed of being able to say nothing. Mm-hmm. But they don't have that relaxedness at BBC News HQ or Sky News HQ. They need to be putting things out there. And there was a really interesting example of that. There was a national, the national grid, two days ago, three days ago, whatever, put out a story that said, we've basically got us covered for electricity, energy over the winter. We've basically got it. There's a really very, they use the word very unlikely, Scenario where there might be some blackouts i got push notification as i'm sure you did from mm-hmm. every single app on my phone that we're almost certain to have uh, blackouts this winter mm-hmm. and that's a result of needing to feed that fire nothing's going on mm-hmm and they can't push notification, very unlikely we're going to have blackouts, because that's no kind of story. (laughs) Mm. So they have to find the words blackouts from somewhere in the press. You write press releases, you've seen this happen to your press releases, where the Mm. tiniest detail that's not even a thing in the thing is then splashed across the newspaper or across social media, because people mm. need that. And that's the point of SP, is to not do that. But mm. I'm not an SP user, I'm an SP creator. <laughs> so I have to mm. be, I have to bear that brunt so other people don't have to. Uh, and I don't switch off. I, um, I, I have pills to help me sleep. And they they're
0: good, well, at least it's good to know, that it's not just me. It's, not just you. it's everyone else too <laughs> yeah. right, um so we're sort of coming to the end of um the podcast and what I wanted to talk to you about, and I know you sort of said you don't do top tips and advice and that kind of thing because it is such a you know you can only talk from your experience. Is there anything that you that you want to say about mental health that you know as you're sort of parting? gift to those listening or you know um any quite often with mental health stuff all people are looking for is like a comfort or a a something they can do or just some sort of guidance is there anything that you can offer um it's just a quick sort of thing that might that might help somebody that one person that you might be able to help today
1: talk and listen talk to people about how you feel talk to people about what you think Listen to what they've got to say, listen to the people around you listen to find people you trust and listen to them and talk to people you trust and they may not be the same people because people who you want to listen to might be you know I mean it's um it's well mental health Day, so there's been all kinds of celebrities out there talking about their own mental health and maybe you want to go and hear about maybe maybe it's easier to hear. I haven't been that aware, but you know let's say Anton Deck did a dual chat about their mental health. They've spoken about mental health in the past, I think. You know,
0: Mm.
1: maybe those are the people, maybe that's the tone, maybe that's who you relate to. Maybe hearing them talk is really great, and that's what you need. And you can Mm. just listen to them and take it in and understand you're not alone, that people feel bad. (laughs) And, And then talk to people. Talk to people you trust, and you know Anton Deck. You probably if you probably don't have that number. I don't know. You, you probably <laughs> don't have that number. You probably can't <laughs> give give Deck a bell, but find someone you trust, and it might not be you know someone whose fancy football tips you've used and enjoyed. They, it doesn't have to be a totally separate conversation. I've got, you know, my 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 eldest turns fifteen. Uh, on Thursday. If you want to talk to him about mental health, oh my goodness, you've got to go round the houses. Cause he wants to talk about it, but he doesn't but you just you have to talk about it in terms of like fast cars and how the car might feel. <laughs> it's not as fast. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I know, that makes us sound really young. He's not really young. I'm talking about F1 or whatever, And but it's talking and listening. It sounds so simple, but it's the same with politics. People, like, listen to people. Listen to what they're saying and share your response to that. Share what you want to say, but it's a conversation. And if you... If you want to engage with something on any topic, talking and listening and both of those things matter. And I think I've been quite confused when that, with everything. But just my experience is that when I listen, better things happen than when I just talk. And when I talk, I need to be listening as well because then I can talk better.
0: Oh I love that. Thank you so much. I think that's um yeah, I hope that will help somebody because that's a really I don't think I've ever heard it phrased that way. So that's that's really lovely. Thank you. Um so I'm going to lighten the mood with my end of the podcast. Oh, right. hooray! Um, yes! <laughs> it always gets very serious very quickly on this podcast. <laughs> it isn't, isn't on purpose. But <laughs> um, so my big question for everybody at the end of the podcast, and this will be really interesting coming from you, who you know doesn't claim to be an activist or anything like that. So as a bit of a politics nerd, uh, self-proclaimed, is um, if you were prime minister for the day and could make one decision with absolutely no scrutiny, Nobody can take it back. whatever you say goes for one day. What would you do?
1: I would change the way we talk about politics in schools. no the the curriculum, the national curriculum has citizenship in it. every everyone has to be taught citizenship. But mm-hmm. if you read the what it says you have to learn, it's it's like a press release. It talks about our glorious island and our um <laughs> our precious rights and that kind of thing. No one's interested in that. If you want to talk to young people about politics, you need to talk about how frequently the bins are collected and whether they think that's a good amount or a bad amount. It's normally a bad amount. It's like, okay, cool. So, but also the, the roads and also oh so 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 you want more bin collections and more pothole filling in and more social care stuff. Fine, that's cool. That's I mean, absolutely, we can have all that, but we're gonna have to take more money from you. How are we going to get that money? Are we going to get it through, through growth? How are we going to achieve growth? Are we going to get it through higher taxes? Isn't that like, that interests people. People who say they're not interested in po- No one's not interested in any politics. No one. <laughs> you know, like I was, I was, um I was in the Weatherspoons the other day for someone's birthday drinks and I was talking to somebody at the bar. It sounds—it's it, it, so convenient. This story, but it, 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 this is how my life worked. <laughs> I end up talking about politics all the time, and they were, "Oh, politics! Oh, what do you do? Oh, you you're politics? Well, that's not for me." And then they started talking yeah. about how they wish the pub could be open later and stuff like that. And it's like, well, that's that's licensing. Mm-hmm. That's that's, but. Because politics is taught whenever you see politics as a topic the icon is the front of number 10 or it's the House Mm. of Commons and that doesn't mean anything to anyone and we teach young people at a young age that politics is over there and we need to know our rights and we need to be able to do this and we need to be able to do that but it's not until COVID pops up that people start questioning all of that stuff. And now it's gone away again. Everyone's happy to, 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 to leave it. I want, I want issues to be at the heart of politics education because that's the only way that people remember it. And it's the only way to have conversations that last because I can teach you how a law is made. And you can be interested that you walk one day, one way round one corridor, and one way around another to vote. And people go, oh, that's, that's fun. That's a fun way of voting. And then they forget about the committee stage the next day, right? Mm. But if you have a deep conversation about, even if it's licensing, oh my God, licensing is a boring world. But if it's licensing <laughs> and about trying to balance the needs of the community, against the needs of the business, against the needs of the drinker and all of this stuff. That's a, you, re, you remember that. Every time you go into a pub, you're like, oh, yeah. And this pub has allowed children in until six. And this pub's not allowed children in, and This pub's allowed to have live music. And this pub's allowed to have... That's... I'm being annoyed. Uh, <laughs> but that's where I'm Prime Minister and I'm sure there are much bigger issues. I, I know there are much bigger issues that affect but that's, that's my hobby horse, I suppose, is um, ways to communicate to people that they're important and their opinions matter and everything is at play. Nothing in, this, nothing in this country is set in stone. Any law can be changed. Any, any law can be changed, and we are part of that process. And that's exciting, and we should want to get involved.
0: Mm. I love that so much. Thank you. Um, Yeah, political education is is exactly what this podcast is about, exactly what I'm about. And it's so lovely to hear someone else that's just so passionate about it. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been absolutely lovely to speak to you. Um, Oh, it's been a lovely time. Yeah, um, I'll tell everybody where they can follow you, follow Simple Politics, all those kind of things. But yeah, thank you so much.
1: Absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Politics and Pints. If you want to find out more about Tatton's work, you can follow Simple Politics on Instagram at Simple Politics, or follow Tatton's page at Tatton Spiller. You can also purchase books and even a card game by Tatton and the team at Simple Politics over at spstuff.co.uk. If you want to keep up to date with this podcast, you can follow us on Instagram at Politics and politicsandpintspod. You can support the podcast by leaving a review and subscribing on whichever platform you listen to podcasts on.